fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to you. We're glad that you could join us on the Ashlers podcast, a space for the world's oldest fraternity to shine some light through Masonic paper readings, discussions, interviews, and more. Freemasonry is so old that our lifetime wouldn't be enough to capture its grandeur in the entirety. However, all things great should begin somewhere, and so we are thrilled to start off with season one, which will focus on Freemasonry and its roots in India, one state at a time. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely of the participants and do not represent any official positions including those of any grand lodge or constitutions thereof best efforts have been made to keep the conversation on the level for brethren and non masons alike Hey guys, before I begin today's topic, I want to let you know a little something about Hub Hopper Studio. You know, this podcast is hosted on Hub Hopper Studio. That is H U B H O P P E R studio.com. It is India's leading hosting and distribution platform for many podcasts. The platform is absolutely free and it helps me reach out to the right Indian audience. by not only getting it on audio streaming platforms such as Spotify and Google Podcasts but even on Indian platforms such as Gana, Wink Music and many more. Hello and welcome folks to the Ashlers. I am Shishir and I'm Rinesh. And we are back with episode 8 and this one is going to be a rather interesting one because we are running to the hills just like the britishers ran to the hills after facing the scorching heat of the plains and uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting and i know why renesh is laughing because when it gets too hot well we run to our acs or the fans <laughs> but these guys well they didn't have they had fans but yeah ac not so much so what did they do they went to the hills and what happened there Well if you guys remember from our episode 7 we spoke about Uttar Pradesh and Bihar and what was one of the main factor for you know the britishers to branch out and go there apart from you know going down the coromandel coast well couple of things one of them was the nobility the seat of power in the plains and the second one was obviously the food the source of food the plains being fertile and you know that being attractive to the british raj because well everybody's got to eat but there's a second thing to this if you remember the britishers after all came from a cold climate what do you think will happen to someone rinesh what will happen to you if you are used to a cold climate and you go to a hot place what is the first thing that's going to come to your mind burn like a barbecue Hell yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what will happen. But then if you have an if you have an option if you have a hill station nearby then what will you do Ranesh? Definitely go first thing exactly. every other day. Exactly and that's what the Britishers did. They ran to the hills to escape the heat and in fact set up uh, hill stations they developed hill stations and not only that obviously with these guys they even you know established a lot of lodges over there. some of the oldest lodges dating back to the 1800s are there 
in these hill stations. So we will get into those details. What are the states that we are covering in this episode? We are going to be covering Himachal Pradesh and Uttarakhand. Himachal Pradesh means a snow-laden province. Uttarakhand meaning northern land. Uttarakhand. Now, these two areas are extremely important from many other angles. And Rinesh, I hand it over to you. Thanks, Shishir. Well, listeners, you understood about the whole concept of why the British actually wanted to go there, why they chose the place of Himachal Pradesh and Uttarakhand. Uh, yes, we do know them as two separate states now, but at one point of time, they were all part of the North Northern Province. I think that's what it was actually called. So, from Himachal Pradesh, what well, what we studied or what we learned from our uh, basic research when we were doing and trying to find out that why did the British go there? Obviously, the climate was very important. But it was also the fact that this was coinciding around the same time when the Sepoy mutiny was just boiling and just like about to happen in the entire country, right? And this was, there was a place which is in this area, in this northern region, where the local people were not that politically active or they did not want to change much about it. As well as obviously the rulers also were not worried about all these points. They were more like a chill dude, like, like I don't care about all these things happening right now. So obviously what did they do? They thought, okay, might as well just go and sit over there and actually try to manage something. So much so that that these guys, after the first war of Indian independence, right, or rather during the first war of Indian independence, these people were more accommodating. I said, guys, please come and sit here. We don't have an issue and everything. See, we do not understand the repercussions of our actions till those actions actually come and slam us on our face. Maybe, maybe that would have been in some people's mind at one point of time, but at that moment, they were all okay for it. As a matter of fact, back in 1832, Shimla saw his first political meeting this was the first time when the British actually wanted to come and sit there and do some work with them. And I think this was obviously between uh, a governor general named Lord William Bentnick and the emissary of Maharaja Ranjit Singh. Uh, listeners, do note Himachal Pradesh, the current Himachal Pradesh, which we know about, was part of obviously the Punjab region and Maharaja Ranjit Singh would have been actually managing all that bits and pieces and everything. So the letter which he wrote to Churchill at one point of time was, uh, by the way, this is the letter which Lord William Bentick wrote, okay? So he said, Shimla is just four days march from Ludhiana and its ease of access and provides a very agreeable refuge from the burning plains of Hindustan. Burning plains. Listeners, just imagine how the situation was then and unfortunately, it's still not changed. It is still uh, very, very hot at, at, at some point of time. I, I, if I'm not wrong, can... some of my... I can personally vouch for that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And similar to Himachal Pradesh, Uttarakhand. Actually, that came into the British's hand during the Anglo-Nepalist War, when during the Treaty of Sugali and the erstwhile Kumaon Kingdom all merged into the Garhwal Kingdom along with, or rather these two kingdoms came together and became part of a province which British started managing. So that's how British actually got all these points, all these regions under them. So, Shishir, what do you think? These are the ways which we actually, which we kind of got all of this in one place. Yep. And I can do a bit of a speculation here. Like if you have ever been to any uh, hill station and mm. at least paid attention to how the locals actually live there, you'll mm. realize that 
basic things that we take for granted like running water is a luxury over there you know quite literally imagine pumping water all the way up to the hills you know it's not easy so right. and i remember one of my friends uh, in office he gave me this thing called kava it's it's like you know like a green tea sachet it was yes and uh, when i drank that that is the first time i ever drank it i heard it but i drank it that day for the first time and it was very <laughs> salty and i oh, asked him okay. why is this so salty and why is this you know i've heard it mostly in the hilly areas so mm. he said well hilly areas do not have salt that much so this is so, one of our yeah this is one of our ways or sources of salt and oh. yeah and that blew my mind i mean just imagine salt is on every single tabletop in in this country and if someone <laughs> tells you that hey this is our source of something salty that <laughs> is that talks about how difficult it is so what i'm getting at is now uh, to your point anesh when you were saying right that uh, they were not very politically uh, involved Uh, mm. with what's happening with the rest of the country I, i think it was mainly because these poor guys were already having their hands full with just surviving in the hills you know yes for them getting by every single day was itself a challenge it's not like the people in the plains were in all you know party mode and not they had their own difficulties but then mm. again living in the plain is far different than living in the hills and that could probably have been the reason why no uh, you know they would have actually welcomed the britishers hoping that maybe these buggers will do something again <laughs> <laughs> speculation be. guys don't quote me as a historical fact i'm just speculating here uh, going by the experience <laughs> yes over to you renish well from there i was actually uh, searching about some of the important places in himachal pradesh and uttarakhand and i ended up with a name called dalhousie Now the Dalhousie town in Himachal Pradesh is named after the Earl of Dalhousie who was a British governor general in India who kind of established that place as a summer retreat and uh, going by the way that the the years and when he actually did that i'm assuming this was just obviously before the british actually suddenly said okay this is it this is our summer capital now so the earl of dalhousie his name is james andrew brown ramsey he was actually the first marquis of dalhousie uh he was also called as the earl of dalhousie between 1838 and 1849 he was a scottish statesman and a colonial administrator in british india he served as the governor general between 1848 to 1856 and obviously before just around that time he actually created this whole small uh, place of uh, in himachal pradesh uh when i was obviously reading about him dude has done a lot of work he is credited with introducing passenger trains in railways electric telegraph uniform postage and even uh, and and even the current public works department which we all know about was founded by him back in that era i'll add one thing really i'll yes. add one thing here so think about it like this when you are going to be settling in some place you would obviously like to take your luxuries along with you so i i would see this as an example of that and in turn you know it not only benefited um, you know the folks who decided to go there but obviously mm-hmm. the people too with the railways coming in transportation gets better and everything right that's right that's right yep. i think uh, th- that actually will give me a one more point when i actually bring out uh, about another place in this episode itself i'll just stay tuned to that guys so dalhousie obviously also was uh, very influential in introducing the hindu widows remarriage act back in 1856 it was approved by his successor lord canning but he was the one who wanted to introduce this 
he actually was very um, I, i would say in forefront in ensuring that female are educated so that they will become an important and it will create a beneficial consequence to the society itself this dude actually did a lot of things i think his biggest problem was he was a governor general of india during the sepoy mutiny and that one event just messed up his entire career maybe or messed up his entire career at least in india because that's when he was like okay dude you know what come back to uk you 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 have not done just not taken care of proper certain things but this is what actually happens isn't it guys like we do a lot of good stuff we might have done hundreds of good things but there is one thing which actually messes up and it just creates a domino effect of ensuring that that whole work which we have done just crumbles and just is hidden behind these 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 uh, boulders and ashes which is there but rinesh rinesh like they say it is it takes a lifetime to you know develop that respect and trust but mere seconds mm-hmm. to destroy it all agree 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 um but coincidentally you know what shishir when i was reading about dalhousie that the dalhousie lodge is actually in mussoorie and for a second and uh, c- coming from a person who has not visited that place who who just knows these places by names right i was super confused like dalhousie was in himachal pradesh dalhousie lodge is in uttarakhand mussoorie aise kaise how did this happen but i'm assuming that might be the reason because Dalhousie was actually managing that area and maybe all these places would have been one what do you think so we have to keep in mind one important uh, thing about himachal pradesh and punjab it was all part of punjab at one point in time and they separated fairly recently i think after a few years after the independence rinesh yes yes so well moving on from dalhousie we go to dehradun in uttarakhand Dehradun has a cantonment which was established back in 1913 there is actually a lodge there now named as lodge sivalik number no. 62 uh, under the obviously grand lodge of india it was uh, established back in 1902 from there i moved on to a place called roorkee now roorkee has a lodge named as lodge general williams number no. 151 now roorkee is the place which i wanted to actually bring about when it came to uh, james ramsey actually introducing uh, passenger trains in railway now before the actual passenger railway which we know about in our country which was between bombay and thane back in the 1800 in the 1850s i think okay maybe i again mess up with my year uh, years is definitely not my forte okay <laughs> coming to this one india's first irrigation project was actually done in roorkee india's first aqueduct over the sulani river was done in roorkee and that is where the india's first steam engine which is called jenny lind ran in durki now this is before way before the actual passenger train or the actual steam engine which was actually running between bombay and thane uh, sir james thompson who actually started a thompson college of civil engineering it was in durki which now is obviously the famous indian institute of technology in uh, durki itself so guys think about it this is what we kind of got from that entire area this is what actually built up all these things that just shows that how the people over there how the place and how the people who are working and ruling and everything just made up what we are today let's not forget that i'll add one thing here rinesh and i've brought this point quite often in our previous episodes as well uh, there's always something good that comes out of something bad and there's always something bad that does come out of something good you know there's always at least two facets of anything that happens in life so you know while the britishers did a lot of bad things out of vested mm-hmm. interest a lot of good things also came out of it mm. and you know yes. railways 
definitely being one of the things and i think even and i think even developing you know the uh, the hill stations and everything was another important aspect otherwise who knows it would have taken much longer to develop them if it was today's time because we yes. already have a lot more things to deal with rather than just you know well from now let's move on to shimla shishir what do you know about shimla well shimla is quite interesting because it has a pretty checkered history you know of, uh, like from a freemasonic standpoint um, mm-hmm. to begin with it has some of the oldest lodges among all the hill stations in shimla uh, mm-hmm. it was the summer capital of british india it got its name from shamala mata a fearless incarnation of goddess kali and you know well timed actually this episode because uh, <laughs> we are close to the festivities as well right diwali is around the corner so well please and the dasera is going on considering yeah. that uh, exactly that that's the right time wow nice yeah, nice right timing time. us guys <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know so a lot of british officers used to uh, visit these uh, hill stations to socialize along with the higher ups the nobility you know the uh, higher ups within the british hierarchy itself and it was famous for being a jovial place you know there were a lot of parties and other festivities and again keeping in mind um that you know you you have an amazing weather obviously you would mm-hmm. like to party right so <laughs> there you go True. and uh, the railway route from kalka to shimla with has like about 806 bridges you know 103 tunnels so that shows just how much effort and how desperate the britishers were to get to these places you know <laughs> they they put in so much time and effort to do all of that so that they could just you know reach uh, the hill stations not only that you know there are there have been a lot of different orders of freemasonry in shimla mm. Mm. um those of you wondering what are orders well you're going to have to wait a little while we will be getting deeper into all of those in the coming seasons so yeah a small hint all right uh what's more mm. the mm. meetings take this okay the meetings in the initial stages used to happen in the viceroy's house now that's something like having masonic meetings in the viceroy's house but from mm. there you know they moved off uh to the printing press building uh, near a place called totikandi then from there they went to municipal corporation buildings basement Finally in 1908 these guys got a freemasons hall which is still there uh near lakkar uh, bazaar so 1908 and it's still you know that that freemasons hall is still there it is given out for private meetings and events uh it does attract a lot of visitors it seems uh, especially those with a lot of you know keen interest in the history of masonry in india so you might get a photo up near its gates uh another important thing i got to know from my brother nish is that the mm. furniture in this hall mm. is over 100 years old and it is still in use Ooh. what's more and i found this even more amazing i've heard of of this you know sometime but uh, they even have a pipe organ which is in working condition can you beat that that's wow. just amazing wow <laughs> and wow wow and and the wow doesn't end there there are oh is three, it okay yeah, there are three working pipe organs man in shimla and all of them are in working order one of them is in the freemasons hall um mm. so right. let's talk about some of the old lodges all right so the mm. oldest mark lodge is mark lodge pinnacle 
which was number 279 when it was in the english constitution now it is number 10 under the grand lodge of india and there are also other lodges you have lodge prospect number 92 which was consecrated in 1914 then lodge himparvat number 233 in 1977 and lodge kinnar kalash number 320 which was consecrated in 1998 now that's a lot of facts that's a lot of history yes. man what do you say that's that's right that's right uh well remembering the pipe organ right i remember my time when i used to go to the freemasons hall in mumbai they too have a pipe organ which uh, i think during the 7 2017 when we technically celebrate the 300 years of organized freemasonry it mm-hmm. was actually repaired and it's an amazing thing guys if you are actually there please do go and visit that just go to see that pipe organ as i told you as we have told you in one of our previous episodes they actually have an open day so please do visit that uh just just to check that pipe organ it's it's huge so i i can imagine now tomorrow if i ever get to go to shimla i will definitely visit that to just see that pipe organ in working that at least i would be like okay yeah dude at least something of that era is still there and by the way shishir i just came to know when you said about uh, shimla itself there is a bishop cotton school so the old cottonian association was formed actually in the freemasons hall back in 1915 and guess what the headmaster RK Von Goldstein was a Freemason. So now let's 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 look at some of the lodges which are available in these places. So when obviously we were looking at all the names, sorry, all the places where the lodges are there in Uttarakhand, I found lodges which are there in Mussoorie, as we mentioned, Dehradun, Kant, Nainital, and Roorkee. Whereas in Himachal Pradesh, it is in Shimla and Solan. And I guess Shishir, you found out about two different places, but yes. unfortunately, they are no longer there, right? Yeah. So there were lodges in Kasoli and Dakshai, but uh, I've heard that they are closed now. That's kind of sad, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe it's the membership. Uh, we might not have got that many members, and it would have been a little difficult to manage in the current situation. I, I, I don't know. Quite possibly. Uh, yeah. it, listeners, if you actually know any answers, please please do reach out to us and inform us. It's knowledge, and we shouldn't stop knowledge. let's let's listen to that as well uh, coming from there uh, coming from there let's let's look at some of the prominent freemasons whom we know about from this area maharaja bupinder singh of patiala now remember guys hp was actually part of the whole punjab region so maharaja bupinder singh of patiala he was actually the founder member of lodge prospect then raja bhagat chand of jubal jubal by the way was a province in the himachal pradesh region the shimla area so he also was a freemason Maharaja Farid Kot, and then Kedarnath Chandla. As a matter of fact, that reminds me, Kedarnath Chandla, and uh, I think his grandsons, they are still Freemasons. And if I'm not wrong, uh, Shishir, you might have spoken with one. Or, I definitely have done that. Amazing yes. gem of a person, actually. Uh, we'll we'll tell his name at the end of the episode. Till then, yes, just yes, hold. Yes, I was on. coming to that. <laughs> there's a there's a heartful things I need to tell. Yeah, I'll come to the end. Yes. And finally, one more thing, Justice Devendra Gupta. he was our past grandmaster in the grand lodge of india back in 2006 uh, to 2009 he is actually was born in shimla so uh, brother uh, do you also want to cover the lodge himalayan brotherhood there's something interesting about that name and oh, it yes. is now yes 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 as a matter of fact when i was actually looking at some of the uh, masonic lodges in twitter so that i could actually follow them and find out what is happening and everything i came across this lodge named as lodge himalayan brotherhood so i was like very much intrigued i said like wow we i did not know we have a lodge like that but then i saw the constituency which they are part of they are, they are actually part of the english constituency 
So I kind of got I was wondering what exactly happened here. Like their Himalayan brotherhood are like they they're so excited about Himalayas that they want to. And I know who who doesn't get excited about Himalayas? I, I do, obviously. So the point is, we I went and so, started looking at their website and I found out that they were actually formed in 1838. This literally makes them one of the oldest lodges, by the way. So it was formed in 1838 in Shimla, and it was actually an English army lodge, but. in the 1950s they went back to london after the indian independence and apparently now this is something which is very intriguing they operate the same ritual which which is similar to what we have it's called the emulation ritual again listeners please hold on to it we will we will explain all these points in the future seasons and everything they operate this ritual with a small twist called as the shimla drill and honestly i did not wanted to reach out to them right now i would definitely would like to be Uh, a person who goes and sees what the shimla drill is let's hope somewhere in future i get to attend their meeting and att- and understand that that has me really intrigued man what is shimla drill <laughs> exactly a ritual with a shimla drill wow that's yeah, that's, that's going to be a little interesting, interesting. that's going to be interesting yes. and and you know uh, coming like having studied in army schools and what not when i hmm. think of drill it's you know the usual march pass <laughs> <laughs> so when i heard shimla drill i was like ye march pass kar rahe kya ye log are these guys doing march pass in their lords but anyway um. nonetheless i'm sure it must be something you know that that's unique and pretty close to them that they came up with this very similar to the delhi order if if some of our listeners remember from our delhi episode um hmm. you know and and i want to make one point here ranesh and even for the listeners hmm. see you cannot help but notice just how much of india the britishers actually took back you mm. know they gave us independence in 1947 you know they left the country but the country has not left them we have the <laughs> delhi order we have the shimla drill we have himalayan brotherhood in ugle <laughs> so yes. yeah you, you can get out of india you can't get india out of you <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's, true that's that is so india true. that is what india got about <laughs> Yes, absolutely correct. So there are a couple of brothers I need to give a heartful vote of thanks. Uh, that is brother Janendra Nath Chandla and brother mm. Thivraj Singh. You know, listeners, to put these episodes together, you know, me and Rinesh are just two people running the show here, and we have just a week's time. to get all this information and put it together but then you know with our day jobs you can imagine how you know pressed for time any of us would be but even then you know it's this brotherhood of masonry that enables these episodes to come to you every week mm. and that is where i would like to thank both these brothers very approachable people and you know they listened to our episodes and reached out to us we had a chat and then brother dhivraj connected me to brother janendra and you know he gave me undivided attention gave answered all my questions um gave me all this information about you know all the different lodges uh, brother dhivraj was kind enough to give me so much more information about uh, the oldest lodges in shimla than about the Uh, pipe organ over there and what not this quite a bit means i would say nearly 90% of what you heard is coming out mm-hmm. of what these two brethren have provided us so i thank both of these brethren from the bottom of our hearts the ashlers is really indebted to you brethren uh, i thank you with all my heart thank you mm-hmm. all right and now Anish, go ahead well, well folks thanks for listening 
you would have enjoyed the episode you would have felt that it might be a little stale information but please whatever it is please do reach out to us do inform us it will actually help us to make sure that our content in, improves in future as well and uh, shishir i think uh, this this is something which we have done with in collaboration with other brethren and i feel that this is something which we would like to do in future as well uh, yes. with that don't you think so we should inform them what where are we going next and maybe reach out to the brothers who are listening to us to help oh, yeah. us with some information yes yes definitely so uh, we are going to be going further up north so we have covered mm. uttarakhand and hp now we'll be covering the rest of north india so next stops would be jammu and kashmir uh, ladakh um wow. punjab and haryana chakas yeah sorry <laughs> um, so that's going to be our stops in the next episode uh, folks which is going to be out next week same time uh, but if there are any brethren out there or even you know listeners who are not into masonry but who can help us with any you know interesting information within the bounds of this you know uh, podcast uh, general theme uh you know the links are in our descriptions uh, please reach out to us like renesh said uh, if there is any things that you feel we can improve upon you know we are not experts at podcasting we are just regular folks who are trying to do something different uh, but if there is something we can improve on is there is if there is some information that we may have misrepresented or missed we are open to listen to you reach out to us renesh yes well that's it folks hope to see you soon hope to get some more information make sure that you actually understand more about freemasonry in india and let's make the world a better place thank you thank you and bye 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 well that just about wraps it up folks we sincerely hope that you liked our episode and got a glimpse into the fascinating world of freemasonry and what better way than to hear about it from those who are the humble members of the gentle craft if you have any queries about what we shared on this episode or generally on this podcast or even about freemasonry please check out the show notes for links to the grand lords of india's website or feel free to write us an email Please do look forward to the next episode.